It's Friday, August 12, 2022. And from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, it's the Pennsylvania Legacies Podcast. I'm Josh Rollerson. The Ohio River Valley Water Sanitation Commission, also known as Orsanko, has collaborated with member states for over 70 years to improve water quality in the Ohio River Basin. Much of Orsanko's work over the years has involved monitoring and data collection. But the mission also has a public-facing component, engaging the nearly 25 million people they serve across the region. Nick Callahan is Environmental Education and Outreach Specialist at Orsanko and the Foundation for Ohio River Education, which is an affiliate organization of Orsanko. He helps run programs like the annual River Sweep Cleanup and Floating Environmental Education Classroom to help people connect with their local waterways and hopefully become better stewards of the Ohio River. Currently based out of Cincinnati, he's hoping to bring those programs to more people in the Ohio River Basin, including communities in Pennsylvania. My colleague Lily Jones spoke with Nick about what's next for the program. Thanks so much, Nick, for joining us on Pennsylvania Legacies. Um, Could you tell me a little bit about your position at Orsenko and what Orsenko does? Sure. Uh, So uh, my name is Nick Callahan, and I am the Environmental Education and Outreach Coordinator uh, for both Orsenko and Foundation for Ohio River Education, which is our 501c3 nonprofit partner. Uh, So my role uh, encompasses helping uh, with our Ohio River Sweep program that spans uh, all six states that border the Ohio River, Pennsylvania included, uh, as well as uh, helping coordinate all of our education programs that for now are happening primarily around Cincinnati, but our goal is to start spreading that uh, upriver and downriver over the next few years. Um, And could you give a few examples of what kinds of programs you run? Sure. So kind of our flagship program right now uh, is a program where we take students uh, from uh, fourth grade through college age onto a riverboat on the Ohio River. uh, And we do different sampling. We do observations of the river. Uh, We uh, take a sample of macroinvertebrates. So there's some identification of species there. Uh, We look at the plankton that was in the river that day. We look at some fish that uh, specimens that have been taken out. So really it's um, trying to take every part of a um, stream analysis or river analysis and put it all into one big program just to teach students how scientists work on the river, uh, as well as try to foster some environmental stewardship along the way. And I know this summer, I guess, starting in the spring and running throughout the summer, one of your other big programs is the River Sweep. Um, Would you be able to talk a little bit about that? Maybe how the program got started, how people in Pennsylvania can get involved if that's something they're interested in? Definitely. So the Ohio River Sweep uh, has been around for 33 years. It started in, uh, I think it was 1989. So Uh, Originally, it was a partnership between Orsenko, the uh, Kentucky um, Environmental Protection Cabinet, and the Ohio Department for Natural Resources. Uh, And it was originally just a cleanup event that spanned 150 miles from Cincinnati, Ohio to Ashland, Kentucky. Um, Just a few years later, uh, it changed 
into a six state wide cleanup event uh, where uh, on one day, it was the third uh, third Saturday in June, uh, places all across the entire Ohio River Basin, including many locations in Pennsylvania, uh, were out cleaning up along the river to remove pollution. Um, now, as a result of COVID, we've actually kind of changed how we do the Ohio River sweep. So, um, it used to be, like I said, a one-day event, but uh, due to COVID, it wasn't great to have bunches or like big groups of people all gathering together. So we decided to scale it down and make it smaller community effort focused, uh, which we uh, we surveyed all of our coordinators throughout the basin and actually 95% of them wanted to keep it. Uh, this way instead of going back to the one day event. So uh, our assumption is that you guys know your own community better than we can. Uh, in Pennsylvania, I have heard that uh, on the third Saturday in June, there's apparently a lot of plant growth along the river that makes it hard to access uh, some of the areas that would normally be cleaned up. So um, we now empower the uh, communities to uh, clean up whenever best suits them. So the Ohio River Sweep, uh, its main goal is to give supplies to anyone wanting to perform a cleanup. So we provide t-shirts, gloves, and bags, as well as any assistance to help get that program running. Over the course of the sweep, has the kind of trash or you know, other stuff that you're finding in the river changed. I know there's been lots of research into microplastics recently. Has that been something that you guys have been looking into or something that like people are noticing more during the sweeps as, um, you know, that's becoming a more prevalent issue? Sure. So um, we, in our data collection, we don't necessarily look at the type of trash that we are collecting as much as the amount of trash that we are collecting. Um, and it's very much site by site. Uh, some locations, they report finding more trash year after year. Um, some of those locations tend to be your busier waterfront areas where there's festivals. Uh, a lot of those places are noticing more trash than they used to notice. Uh, whereas we're actually finding that some of our smaller uh, locations that are just like in a small town community along the river. Uh, some of those are actually noticing less trash each year, ideally because we're increasing awareness and more people are out picking it up uh, more frequently, as well as ideally uh, preventing it from getting there in the first place. Um, the Ohio River Sweep, unfortunately, isn't really um, able to do much with microplastics uh, just because it has to be trash that can be picked up by hand. But by picking up bottles and stuff like that, that is then helping prevent the microplastics in the first place. Right. Well, that's very reassuring that at least some places are finding less trash these days. Um, if someone were interested in starting a sweep, um, how might they go about doing that in their community? Uh, if you go to our website, orsanco.org, that's O-R-S-A-N-C-O. Uh, there is a tab called River Sweep, and in there uh, you can find all of the information that you could possibly need uh, to schedule an event so that 
uh, includes submitting a request for supplies. Um, we actually have developed a brand new map to help promote your event as well. Uh, so there's a little spot that is find a sweep near you. So if you're an individual and um, planning a sweep is too big of, uh, of a thing to do for, for uh, what you feel comfortable doing, uh, you can find a sweep that's close to you. Uh, we actually have five that have taken place so far in Pennsylvania this year. So far, uh, we have had cleanups uh, where we've partnered with the Beaver County government, uh, with uh, Neville Chemical Company, who's actually one of our sponsors. They've been a sponsor for quite a few years. Uh, with Rivers Edge Canoe and Kayak, which was partnered also with I apologize if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Uh, Kiskaminitas Watershed Association um, and also the Jacobs Creek Watershed. Just having you list off those sweeps and like some of the, the organizers. Um, it's interesting that the people that organize the sweeps, are, there's a, a wide range. It sounds like there's some corporations some watershed organizations. Could you sort of talk about like who organizes sweeps um, and like maybe why they would appeal to such a wide range of groups and companies? Definitely. So uh, the Ohio River sweep originally, like I had mentioned, was was more focused on um, kind of the, the smaller um, government focused organizations. But uh, as we have grown and changed into this new seasonal format, uh, we are really trying to diversify the groups that we cater to. Uh, so I would say for um, the corporations, uh, we actually just had an event in West Virginia that was a partnership between um, Marathon and Brascom and their local Rotary Club, uh, which is a pretty interesting uh combination there because you have your small grassroots with your corporations with the Orsanko support as well. Um, and it was really cool to see how all of those organizations found benefit in this because at the end of the day, we all benefit from cleaning up the river. So it boils down to that. But above that, for a corporation, it's a great opportunity for positive press. Many of our events end up in the media uh, where it's just a really good image for your, your company, your organization to get out there uh, to be supporting. But uh, also for smaller organizations, it's an opportunity to um, also get your name out there and increase awareness of your organization. So some watershed uh, groups that might be smaller and not quite as known to their communities, this is a great way to uh, have an event that gets uh, everyone in your community out and on the river uh, that is a good opportunity both for cleaning up but also learning. You sort of just touched on this, but um, to what extent does Orsenko partner with community watershed organizations um, and maybe mutual benefits there also, how you guys can sort of work together and collaborate? Sure. So personally, my um, my focus with education, like I had mentioned at the beginning, has been more um, Cincinnati focused. So personally, I've been working with like the Mill Creek Alliance, which uh, is a creek that is in the Cincinnati area and uh, some of those smaller groups. But 
as we develop our education programs. My personal goal is to work with um, a lot of those watershed organizations to um, try to help them with their education efforts in Pennsylvania. Uh, but Orsanko also, um, as a whole, does it, its main purpose is monitoring along the um, Ohio River and all of its tributaries. So uh, Orsanko scientists are constantly traveling throughout the entire Ohio River Basin. Um, I actually was asking one of our scientists this morning what some of our specific efforts were in Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, Orsanko is regularly doing uh, bi-monthly clean metals uh, checks in the streams up there. Uh, they're doing organic detection. Uh, so they are daily monitoring uh, for volatile chemicals. Um, they're checking for any spills notifications. Um, and they're always doing uh, harmful algal bloom assessments and fish surveys. So our scientists are always out and about. And uh, a lot of what they do, I can't speak for exactly what uh, or, uh, partnerships they have in these efforts. Uh, but I know they will frequently be partnering with local uh, watershed organizations for those efforts because we're based out of Cincinnati and sometimes it's hard to, to have all of these programs going on all the time. So I know, for example, our, um, our ODS, the organic detection sites, we will partner with certain locations to have uh, those uh, machines, those detection uh, monitoring systems placed in their buildings. Um, and there are three in Pennsylvania. This might, this might be sort of a tough one since I know you just mentioned that you're based in Cincinnati, so it can be tricky to, you know, work with such a wide region. But um, since you're thinking about trying to expand your programming and that's one of your goals. Um, how are you thinking about developing programs that will feel relevant for people in such a wide region with maybe different environmental challenges or cultural identities? Um, as an educator, how, how do you sort of start that process? So for that, it, it really boils down to the fact that water is life. And that is such a good starting point for environmental education. We all rely on water, whether you're an individual, you're a business, you're an organization, whoever you are, water is important to you. If you're an animal, you're a plant, water is important to you. It needs to be healthy, it needs to be clean, and it's it provides life. So just on that starting basis, you can build a program. And since I started, I actually just started in September of last year with Orsanko, and it's a goal of mine to really challenge us as an organization since we are since we serve all uh, eight of our member states in the Ohio River Basin, Pennsylvania being one of them. Uh, I really want to have our programs expand through that. And the the way that I am hoping, uh, to do that is to bring our uh, boat program that I had actually mentioned at the start. Uh, I think that's a really good, successful program that has the opportunity to work up and down the Ohio River. Um, 
It can be catered to the specific species, the local fauna that you would find. So it will require a little bit of uh, extra research on our end to figure out the exact species uh, that are in the Pittsburgh area uh, as compared to Cincinnati. But really the program can be just kind of picked up and placed in Pittsburgh and work just as well because uh, our communities are very similar. Uh, there are underserved communities, there are well-off communities, and all of them rely on that exact same Ohio River. Um, and personally, I have a vested interest in what happens in Pittsburgh because it's upriver, so anything happening there impacts me in Cincinnati. I know Orsanko, like as you mentioned, does a lot of really, really technical scientific work and puts out really technical reports. Translating that data into programs for the public. Is that something that you do? And if so, sort of what are your strategies when it comes to like breaking down the really nitty gritty scientific stuff for everyday people to understand and um, benefit from? Sure. So it, it very much depends on the age group. One of the first things you learn in environmental education is how to cater to your audience. So our goal uh, at Foundation for Ohio River Education is to first start with environmental stewardship and creating that bond to nature. Uh, so in the elementary groups, middle school groups, and even some in the high school groups, that's really the main focus is just having them go, what in the world is that really cool um, thing that's swimming around in this bucket in front of me that came from the Ohio the river that I live on. And then they get to learn that it's a mayfly. And if they look outside during the summer, they can see one flying past their window. So just creating that bond, those stories, storytelling is just such a powerful way to uh, teach. Once we get into the high school, the college, um, it very much depends on the curriculum requests. Um, so what I do uh, is exactly what I did to prepare for this today. I go to our bio teams and say, hey, I recognize that I don't really understand how you're monitoring this, how, uh, like what this data means. So just tell me about it. And so they, they just sit down with me for like 10, 15 minutes and explain how they did it. Um, what this, these numbers mean. They are always really good about selling me the limitations um, of that data as well. And I just take all of that. And one of my favorite ways to teach is through metaphors um, because they're just such a powerful way to connect the student to this information. So by using that metaphor, I can help them understand that information in a better way. Well, those are all the questions that I have for you. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add about your work, about River Sweep, about any of your other programs that you think would be good for our audience to know? So uh, as far as Ohio River Sweep, I do actually want to issue a challenge to Pennsylvania. Uh, so in the past, we have had Ohio River Sweep locations in Allegheny County, Beaver County, Butler County, Armstrong County, Westmoreland County, and Fayette County. Um, and I would love to see that, that grow beyond those counties, because right now it's very Pittsburgh-centric. And I will say I'm a Steelers fan, so like I'm okay with that. <laughs> but 
I would love to see that grow. I think that it's important that our entire Ohio River Basin is out picking up along the river, even if it's a stream or a lake. It's all water. It all needs to be cleaned. It all needs to be preserved. And um, getting out and just seeing what it's like can be really powerful just to connect to your own area. You can learn a lot about the space you've lived by going to a spot you don't normally go to and enter it with a slightly different lens of looking for that pollution. And it's really eye-opening and incredible how um, your image of the area that you live in can change just based on that one little bit of a lens change. I've lived along the river my entire life. Uh, I've lived in both Cincinnati and Louisville, uh, both uh, within 15 minutes of the Ohio River. So it's definitely a, a thing that has mattered a lot to me throughout my life. So I love seeing people out cleaning it. Lily Jones is communications coordinator out of Peck's Pittsburgh office. She has participated in Orsanko events and activities along with Peck President David Woodwell, who serves as an Orsanko commissioner. Lily spoke with environmental education and outreach specialist Nick Callahan. You can learn more about his work and about Orsanko's monitoring, data collection, and other efforts across the Ohio River Basin in the web post accompanying this podcast episode. You'll find it all at peckpa.org, P-E-C-P-A dot O-R-G. The Pennsylvania Legacies podcast is archived on the website. You can listen to all of our past episodes going way back to 2016 on the website. Again, PECPA.org. That's all for this time. We'll have another episode in two weeks. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson. And for Lily Jones, thanks for listening.